Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hi guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. And today, you guys just have me. We are doing a good old solo podcast. As you guys are listening to this, I am currently in Nashville, Tennessee. One of my favorite cities, one of my favorite places to be. As we know, if I could be a country star, that, that I think that is now my dream career. Unfortunately, I'm in no way, shape, or form musically talented. So the ship has sailed on that dream. I will say, like, I love country music a very abnormal amount. I'll talk about that later. But it's just, I, I don't know how to describe it. Anyways, as you guys are listening to this, I'm in Nashville. We are batch recording for the podcast. We're recording anywhere from, I think, like, six to ten episodes. I think we're at ten. I can't really remember off the top of my head. As I'm recording this, it is currently March 8th. March is a huge month for me. We've got the Cabo girls trip that you guys would have already seen going with like a bunch of YouTube social media friends. A lot of them I've been friends with since I was 16. I'm also 24 now. So, you know, do the math. Then um, as you guys are listening to this last week would have been the Okine's launch photo shoot. So the Okine is the clothing brand that I have co-founded. We are launching. I'm doing it with one of my best friends, Jessica. We interned together in college, went to college together, and we've been working on it since last year. We've had the idea for years. We finally did it. It's elevated sets. It's not loungewear. It's not going to be sweat sets or anything like that. And it's not going to be anything that would be made through like Bread Bunny Housewife. They're totally different brands. But I got the final samples and they are incredible. So those are currently in production as I'm recording this. It's very exciting. Hopefully we are launching in April. We had the photo shoot already as you guys are listening to this. Everything will be on my TikTok and YouTube. And then again, this week I would have been in Nashville recording so many episodes. And then this upcoming weekend, I have like eight girlfriends from Dallas who are coming to meet me in Nashville and we are having a girls weekend. So that is quite a lot in a month. I am very grateful and it has been a very good time. Very crazy busy, but oh, and my new furniture, guys. I am currently sitting on my new couch that I got. If you guys don't watch my vlogs, go to youtube.com slash Kenzie Elizabeth and my living room. It just feels like a different house with this new couch. I finally have a sectional. You've been following along. I've had so much drama with this house because it's oddly shaped. So... It's not small by any means. I mean, it's not like big or anything, but it's not 
to the point where it's like too small to fit something. The issue was that sectionals, the dimensions never worked in this space. And I finally found a sectional that works and like it actually changed my life. So I'm truly, I'm truly living my best life here. It's so crazy though. I was thinking this when I was on like a late night drive the other day, which rarely happens because as we know, on weeknights, I am in bed by 8 p.m. But I was just thinking like one day I just woke up and I'm turning 25 this summer, which feels like a very monumental birthday. I'm working my dream career. I'm about to launch a clothing brand that we're self-funding. Rubbing Housewife is killing it. I have like the best friends in social life. I love where I live. If you would have told me at 15 how much I would have loved living in Dallas, I would have never believed you. But I cannot imagine being anywhere else in this point of my life. I have the most incredible opportunities. I have the coolest life. And I also have like my dream career. And I'm not saying any of that in like a bragging way. I'm saying that in a way that I'm just so grateful and I cannot believe this is my life. I have been in places like mentally that have not been where I'm at now. Very low places. I've had a lot. Oh, my phone is falling. Sorry, guys. I have had some really hard things happen in the past few years. And I think from 21 to 23, I was really miserable and unhappy and I didn't even realize it. I was just on autopilot for so long. I talk about this in a recent solo episode. I think I titled it, I'm the happiest I've ever been and I'm doing everything I was told not to do. But it's crazy because I remember this time a year ago, sitting down and thinking, I'm really unhappy, maybe over a year ago, but thinking I'm really unhappy with my life right now. I wasn't happy with what it looked like, how I felt, what I was doing, where I was going. I don't know where I was going, which is okay, especially in your 20s to not know where you're going. I don't know exactly where I'm going. I have an idea of things that I would like to do and like a vision for my career. But there are definitely points where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like every day, you know what I mean? But you guys, I was in a place where I felt more lost than normal. And ultimately, I was just really unhappy and really unfulfilled. And I remember sitting down and making like a vision board of what I wanted my life to look like, what I wanted it to feel like and what I wanted to be doing. And then most importantly, the things that I needed to do or change in order to get there. For example, one of the things was I wanted a really strong group of girlfriends in Dallas. And while yes, most of who I hang out with are from my hometown, like we grew up together. Some of us weren't as close growing up as others. We've just kind of all come together. And a lot of my friends are also new friends, but I really wanted like a strong group of girls in Dallas. And yes, I've known a lot of them for a very long time, but just over the past year, we've all gotten so much closer. I think my friendships are really where I want them to be at, like to be able to have you know, just such a strong group of girls that I'm surrounded by in every city that I'm at regularly. But especially at home, it just means the world to me. And that was a really big thing that I wanted. And then I could go off like career stuff and whatever, but like, that doesn't really matter. What I'm saying is I was really in a bad place and I made this action plan. And now a year plus later to be in a place where I'm so happy and so fulfilled is really rewarding. So I encourage you, If you are not in that place right now, trust me, I get it. I have been there. I lost three actually really close family members within the span of two years in my really early 20s. And I also was, I was just not surrounding myself in the right place. I also just like, I think 
it's hard for me to say because I feel like I've always had a very strong head on my shoulders and always known myself really well. But also, inevitably, you're going to change. And I think I wasn't allowing myself to change. And by not allowing myself to change, I put myself in a place of misery because I was living a life that wasn't really me anymore, if that makes any sense. So anyways, we're going to get on into the actual episode. But I did just want to say... I am so grateful for the life that I live, especially for you guys. Like, I adore you all. I think you guys are the greatest people ever. Every time one of you guys comes up to me in public, like, you were, we would all be friends. Like, I, when I'm out in Dallas, especially, I hang out with you guys when I see you out in public. It's just so much fun for me. So, yeah, I just am really grateful. And I wanted to start off this episode by saying that. And again, if you are not in that place right now, listen, I totally get it make a vision board, make an action like plan, a list, things that you're going to do to change it. It's going to be hard. It will be hard as you're doing this, but life is always hard at times. All right. You know, whatever. It will be difficult to change things. Change is not easy, but it is fully worth it. And I'm telling you, you will look back a year from now and be like, oh my God, my life is totally different. You guys know that I think I am truly the 24-year-old modern-day version of Martha Stewart. I love hosting so much. Actually, right now, um, I have a clothing brand that is coming out in a few weeks. I will have my co-founder on the show. We will do a whole episode. Follow me on Instagram. You guys can see everything. But we are going to be hosting a cute little intimate like dinner kind of night for some of our Dallas, the O-Kind group members that the girls that have been supporting us online and really just been engaged. So I am in the middle of hosting a little kind of like dinner party for them. And I want this to be fun and special and for everyone to be as excited as I am. And that is why I am using Evite. Evite offers thousands of free invitation options that are fully customizable for all occasions, birthdays, weddings, baby showers, whatever you're celebrating virtually or in person. There are thousands of invitation template designs created by their community of professional artists to choose from, or you can even upload your own unique design. Evite's design templates make it easy, fun, and simple to create an invitation so everything you're celebrating is extra special. And to really step up your invites, you need to check out their premium invitations. It takes just a few minutes to create and send invitations to everyone on your guest list. Plus, RSVP tracking is included. This is the best part about it, all right? And you can link an Amazon or Target gift registry to invite your guests to use too. I mean, this is incredible. And if you're not planning an event or party but have one to attend, Evite also offers amazingly designed greeting cards that you can send. Evite is making my cute little The Okine launch dinner for y'all, actually, even more exciting and fun and extra special. They can do the same for all of your celebrations, too. Head over to evite.com slash I love you to choose from thousands of design options to create and send invitations for free. That is E-V-I-T-E dot com slash I love you. Evite.com slash I love you. I'm Topsy Bannenbosch, a mindset and emotional intelligence coaching consultant and a licensed mental health therapist. It's safe to say that I know a thing or two about how the brain works and how it impacts the decisions that we make in our businesses. And that's exactly why I created my new podcast, Crush the Mindset Spiral. Each Thursday, you'll hear my raw thoughts and unfiltered perspective about what it takes to run a successful business, plus the top mindset shifts that you'll need to get to your next level. Make sure to tune in for the premiere episode of Crush the Mindset Spiral. Another thing that's crazy is I'm turning 25 this summer 
And I feel like when I was turning 21, 23, 24, for whatever reason, I was fine with being 22. I normally am like, oh my God, I'm dreading this. I'm getting so much older. I'm getting old, which is so crazy because obviously 25 is so young. It's so stupid. But actually, like, I'm kind of over feeling that way. I've decided that one, I'm probably going to thrive in my late 20s, especially in my 30s, but I want to stop fearing getting older. I'm excited to be 25. I feel empowered. And also, as I've gotten older, it has just gotten better. And everyone in their late 20s tells me that I'm going to love it. And especially in their 30s, because for whatever reason, people say when you turn 30, you just like stop caring about so many things that plagued you in your early 20s. And I just want to say like, even in the past year of growing up, yes, I've gotten to know myself better, but I've also just become more of myself than ever. And I've just grown up. And I think that hopefully inevitably just comes with growing up. I think a lot of my inner peace comes from just knowing myself better than I ever have. And that is also partly a byproduct of getting older. So I'm actually really excited to be 25. I feel empowered. It is also still so young, obviously, but I think we can all relate to like not wanting to get older for whatever reason. So I just want to say, let's stop fearing getting older. It is stupid. And I'm excited to be 25. My birthday is August 1st. So we've got We've got some time. I'm actually, my dream is to have a birthday party in Dallas at The Whip, aka The Whippersnappers. So if anyone can hook me up, you know, let me know. My email is somewhere on the internet. It's on my Instagram, I think. So that is my dream. Last night, I watched the American Country Music Awards. And I, again, I want to circle back on the amount that I love country music is really abnormal. Like, let's just, let's be honest about that. I am a very intense person. When I like things, I love them. I'm like, fully all the way in. Like I, I don't know. I mean, Texas, like I have a Texas tattoo. That's a very good example of how I am all the way in. I'm just like that naturally. I'm a very intense all or nothing sort of girl, which has its pros and definitely has its cons. But I've obviously grown up on country music. And I think it's interesting because growing up, I was running away from home. Like I moved out at 17. I was so ready to get out of here only to then run right back. Not that I'm living in my exact hometown. I, I'm in the city. I grew up in the suburbs. But it's so interesting because there's no place I'd rather be, not in the way of like, oh, I couldn't make it in LA or I couldn't deal with it. I love LA. I loved LA for what it was. I loved LA for what it did for me personally, for my career. I could easily still live in LA if I wanted to. It's just not where I want to be right now. But it is interesting how I spent so much of my childhood taking for granted where I lived to then leave and then to come back and be like, I mean, at this point, I might as well be Miss Texas. Like, I love it so much. But I also think in a weird way, it's kind of symbolic of like my love for country music. Growing up when I was really young, I it like actually pains me to say this, but I was one of those people. It's really embarrassing, I, I will say. That was like, oh my God, I like all music besides country. And then I was like, well, I like some country when I was really young and I, you know, everyone thought that they were too cool. And then my stepdad actually is who got me into it. We, he always, always had it playing in his car. And over time, I just loved it. And I associate that. I think I associate country obviously with home, but also with safety and comfort. It just makes me, I can't describe it. It gives me a feeling unlike any other feeling. 
And I, I adore the world. I love, I don't know. I just, it's been cool, especially with the podcast kind of getting to get into the country music world a little bit more and like the business end back end of like having, you know, like guests on that are country artists, but I just love it so much. I can't even describe it. Dolly Parton was on stage last night. Keep in mind, I'm fully watching it. I'm not at the show. I'm not in Vegas. I'm fully in Dallas, Texas in my townhouse watching the awards on my screen. I see Dolly Parton come on. A tear runs down my face, guys. I am not kidding. Like, I wish I was making this up, but it's just so cool watching, especially like award shows. Not that they're always like a great representation or like representing a bunch of people or whatever, but it is really cool to see people who have worked so hard and are like their dreams are coming true on that stage. It's just, I don't even know how to describe it. I was actually getting so choked up. And I think it's because country is also a genre that I just feel so connected to in a way that I don't feel connected to anything else like that. But it was just so cool. Also, I want to say like, I mean, Jimmy Allen really, I think, carried the show on his back, but it was an incredible show. It was so good to watch. And I don't know what it is. I cannot describe this feeling, but how I feel towards country music is incredibly abnormal. And I I don't understand it. It's not shocking with my personality type, but it is just such a huge part of my life to the point where like I listen to country music podcasts like almost exclusively at this point. That is how in this world I am. I am obsessed. So yeah, anyways. Oh, I have been getting a lot of questions. I think there's some like new followers, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is, or podcast listeners even to define breadwinning housewife. So I don't have like a written out definition. We should probably get one on Urban Dictionary or something, but I will give you the backstory and then my personal definition. Or this is like a refresh, if you will. Okay, so breadwinning housewife is a term that I coined early peak pandemic, right when we could like see people again. But again, early 2020 pandemic, COVID, whatever. And I had spent a lot of time in my house. I think at this point I was single, I want to say, but I had just become a breadwinning housewife. Like I got super into cooking, reading, organizing my house. I also had just become a homeowner. I was like gardening on the rooftop. That is really like plants are like truly not my thing. I'm not into them at all, but I actually, I really love gardening. But I have essentially become a breadwinning housewife. I was giving an update to a friend. Actually, it was Taylor Madu. If any of you guys are in that world, love her. I was giving this update to her. She's like, what have you been up to? And I was like, essentially, I've become a breadwinning housewife. And then I started saying it as a joke and it really caught on. And I want to be very clear. A breadwinning housewife It's not someone who is in the kitchen cooking meals and also making a million dollars. A breadwinning housewife to me is someone who is not letting a certain stereotype as a woman define her. Women specifically are oftentimes put in boxes. And if you are a mom, you're told you can't do something else or can't be a certain way or can't dress a certain way. If you're a business owner, you're told you can't do this or can't do that. If you are an athlete, you're told whatever it is, like there are, there's so much pressure on women to fall into some sort of box. And a breadwinning housewife, traditionally speaking, is an oxymoron. Breadwinner and traditionally speaking, a housewife would contradict each other. And that's the entire point. It's being exactly who you want to be, not letting someone else define who you are and what you want to do 
and not putting yourself in a box in the way that society will put you in a box. So to me, that is what a breadwinning housewife is. Also, I was getting a lot of questions on if we're restocking the blue or the navy crew. We are not, but we have the new stuff out, guys. We have the quarter zip, the sweats. We have a pink crew. We have a sand crew. We have new hats. The totes are always out. And then the coffee tumbler. I actually just did this really cool like Princess Diana shoe. As we're talking, I'm getting the photos back today, but I've already seen some of them. And like, I'm, I know I'm going to just love them. I know the Princess Diana inspired shoots are a little overdone, but the thing is I couldn't think of anything more perfect than to shoot in that birch in that style. So I'm really excited for those photos to come back. They would have already come back. But anyways, everything is linked and available on shop.dearmedia.com slash ILYSM, I think. It's always in the show notes below. This summer, we have really, really great stuff coming out too. I'm so excited. I've also been getting a lot of questions about the Okine, the brand that we're starting. Jessica and I are going to do an entire podcast episode on that. That is totally separate from Breadwinning Housewife. Not that anyone's really even asked about that, but totally different products. But I will say with Breadwinning Housewife, we are coming out with a lot of products in the next few months. It's going to be a lot of like house stuff, blankets, like shot glasses, kitchen stuff, that kind of vibe, koozies, hopefully. Like we're doing a ton of cute stuff. We're going to do a summer launch, a winter launch. And then I'm hoping in between that to do a mini drop. I'm getting really cute designs right now made for like a potentially a cool sweat set. So that is the update on Breadwinning Housewife. That is the definition. It is not saying that you need to even do it all. Like I think you can do it all if you want to, but it's more of the concept of being both and than either or. Okay, let me be honest with you guys. I really hope that my sister doesn't hear this because she does my hair, but I feel like I've just been very rough on it lately. I went on vacation. I'm traveling again. Something about traveling just really messes up my life or maybe I just like to blame it on that. But I will say I've just been using dry shampoo. Like my life depends on it and trying out like a ton of different products. Basically, I need to just go back to my OGs which I will be doing tonight. I'll be taking the shower, you know, the one on TikTok where everyone's like, it's the shower, you do everything. And I will tell you, the number one product that I have in the shower is my Way Clarifying Detox Shampoo. I have been using this product since way before they were a podcast sponsor. Growing up, I always just, I have a very fine hair, but I have a lot of it. So it's really easy for me to get product buildup. So I've always really needed a good like detox shampoo. The Clarifying Detox Shampoo from Way is by far my favorite. Sometimes you just need a reset on your hair and it doesn't matter what you do. You can keep washing it. It's just not getting any better. If it feels just gross and like it still needs to be washed or it just feels a little bit heavy, you need the Way Detox Shampoo. After I use this thing, it honestly feels like I just got my hair done in a salon or got a blowout. You know, when your hair is so clean and so light, this is the only product that gives me that feeling at home. So reset your hair and scalp with the clarifying detox shampoo from Way. Use once a week to neutralize product buildup, oil, dirt, and hard water from your hair and scalp without stripping away moisture. It's a combination of apple cider vinegar and keratin exfoliates and balances your scalp, plus smooths frizz and creates a lustrous shine. It is great for all hair types, even hair treated with keratin, chemicals, color, or a Brazilian blowout. That's huge. They also have a signature fragrance that completely hides the smell of apple cider vinegar. Growing up, I would actually use apple cider vinegar and it smelled so bad. Oh my God. So thank God they have the dreamy signature Melrose Place fragrance. It's just 
That scent is incredible. Oh my God. Way was created by celebrity hairstylist Jen Atkin. I actually love her book, by the way, to create the first socially connected hair care brand. Explore their full collection of cruelty, sulfate, and paraben-free hair care, body, and fragrance products. When you're ready to undo some damage, hit the reset button with the Way Detox Shampoo. Go to theway.com. That is T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code I love you to get 15% off your entire purchase. Again, that is theway.com, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code I love you. Another thing I wanted to talk about is the concept of big thinker over small thinkers. So this is something I feel like I've touched on in the podcast over the years. It's something that I learned in an internship in my college days and It's really stuck with me, I think, over anything else that I learned in that program. Like, I I don't know. It's something that I really care to live my life by and also something that I really care to talk about you guys with because something in my life that I care so much about is supporting other people. And I think that is a big thinker quality. So let's, let me define big thinker and small thinker before we get into this. So a big thinker would be someone who obviously thinks big, but someone who sees the big picture and like more than that, someone who's very generous, someone who shares their time, their resources, their knowledge, their wisdom, someone who supports other people, who sees the world in like a both and rather than either or, someone who's incredibly supportive, someone who looks at someone else's success as inspiring and sees it as like there's room for everyone instead of just being insecure and like holding things with a tight fist. Another thing I always say is hold things with an open hand. A big finger holds things with an open hand. Realizes that time for growth, but I think the biggest difference is like a small thinker would be someone who is typically really insecure, cuts down other people, thinks there's only room for one, gatekeeps things all the time, is really insecure, talks poorly about other people. I think the biggest difference is actually just security and confidence, but it's an insecure person who is trying to make everyone else's world smaller. A big thinker wants to make everyone else's world bigger, including their own. So that could be maybe you're introducing them to other people, you're opening up resources, you're opening up your network, you're you know, investing into someone's life, you're giving them like recommendations for whatever, things like that. A small thinker would gatekeep all of their resources, would not want other people to succeed, is insecure, is talking poorly. They will be the people who are making fun of someone in high school for like having a YouTube channel kind of thing, which I actually don't even fault people for. I mean, whatever. Like, I think you can't hold anyone to like their high school selves, but I'm just trying to explain it in like these terms. People, small thinkers would be making fun of someone who's trying to become an influencer would be like a good example. Let people live. A big thinker is celebrating people's differences, is constantly looking to learn from people who think differently than them. Basically, a big thinker is the best kind of person and a small thinker is the worst kind of person. A big thinker is what I'm always striving to be. And I actually think I can confidently say I am that. I love supporting other people. I do see success as something that everyone, like there's room for everyone I not only want a seat at the table, but I want to open up to where I would give not only even like my friends a seat at the table or the people around me who have supported me, but also you guys, like people I haven't even met in real life. I want to just make the table bigger, if that makes sense. A big thinker is also a more strategic thinker. It's working smarter, not harder. I mean, you guys get it. But I do want to say, I think there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who tend to want like more for their lives 
or maybe more for their career or I mean, you name it, like just more in general. They're yearning for more and wanting to do more. I think oftentimes people who listen to podcasts, especially in like the personal development space, not that I, I would say this podcast is lifestyle. It's all over the place, but there's definitely like personal development aspects of it just because I love that stuff so much. I think if you're listening to this, you typically are someone who wants to grow and you typically would be a big thinker. So a broad housewife would also be a big thinker is what I'm getting to. But I would just encourage you guys, if you are listening to this and you want more and you are afraid of what other people are going to say, what other people are going to think, one, I'm not trying to be harsh I, at all because I support you guys and I believe in you a thousand percent, but I don't think you can get to where you need to be when that is your worry. Like you, it's natural and there is no one on this earth who truly does not care at, at all ever about what people think about them, but you have to get past that. And I will say no one who is doing more than you is talking about you. So people who are sitting there and have so much judgment, I see it now that I'm home, especially with people who've either said things about me or about other friends or whatever. And every time the people who are like the unsupportive, insecure ones are the ones who now are in careers they don't like, are not happy with themselves, are they don't love their lives right now, they're in miserable places, and I don't want them to be there. Like, I also want them to succeed. I don't care what they've said about me. I don't care how negative they've been towards someone else in the past. Like, I genuinely want the best for every single person. So I don't want them to be in those, like, those spots, but I'm just saying, as someone who's really been doing something for, like, eight years, I've been in it for a while, I now see like the other side where I am now in like a really, really good place and seeing people who maybe are like more negative or whatever and not the best place. And then there's also the small thinkers though. They're not insecure in a way that like is rude towards other people. They can just be maybe less confident in the ways of believing that they are worthy or believing that they deserve that or even could do that. And I think that is so natural and normal, but you have to start believing in yourself. I think so much of it comes from the words that you speak to your, over yourself, to yourself, the things even that you say about other people or to say to other people, anything is possible. So don't count yourself out is what I'm getting at. I wanted to give a little update on hustle culture because I've talked about this so many times about how I'm very anti-hustle culture. I think it's for the most part, incredibly unhealthy. I am very pro working your ass off. I have worked so hard over the years, but I think that there is a difference between like working hard and hustle culture. I don't want my identity personally in my job and what I do and maybe you do and that's okay. That It's just not what I want. But I think that when I really fell into hustle culture, I definitely found my worth in how hard I was working and just like my day to day. And for whatever reason, I associated working hard with even though I love what I do, but like kind of making myself miserable, which is odd because I love my job. And I really struggle with looking at, you know, always feeling like I need to be doing more than I'm doing, even though as a normal someone my age, I have definitely accomplished a lot for someone who is 24. Like I know that when I'm in a normal headspace, but for whatever reason, I'm, I constantly feel like I need to be doing more and I'm not doing enough. And hustle culture has not helped that literally at all. It's made it so, so, so much worse. And it's something I actually like talk about in therapy, just as also like my personality type. I'm an Enneagram three. I'm an overachiever. I, I'm a high achieving person. I'm a high performing individual. I love working. I love personal, like 
naturally I'm going to get to a place where I can feel that way. And I just want to say, I feel so much better. Like I have peace. If I don't have things booked from 6am to 8pm, that is okay. Like I'm actually getting to the point where I understand working smarter, not harder and like not feeling guilty about that. I feel like I've always done that, but I would feel guilty when I would delegate and be able to do something else. I don't know. It was a really difficult thing for me. And for so long, I would just guilt myself. I would have so much like almost like self-hatred, guilt, just feeling like I'm not doing enough constantly. And it almost felt like, you know, like your ex keeps calling you and you can't move on from something. Like, you know, it's not good for you and it doesn't make sense for you. It constantly felt and feels like my ex keeps calling me, right? And for whatever reason, I haven't blocked him, right? This is actually a pretty good metaphor. I'm not gonna lie. And for so long, it just felt like my ex kept calling and keeps calling. It's not that it's fully gone, but I do want to say that I am definitely getting to a place where I feel a lot better and not like I need to overwork myself to the point of death. And by no means am I saying I'm not working hard. That's not what I'm saying. But like overworking myself and constantly feeling the guilt. I think at the end of the day, I have a good work schedule and I have good delegation now and I have a good team and people who work for me. But I was just constantly feeling guilty and that guilt felt like my ex calling me constantly because it was like, pulling me back to where I was and who I used to be, even though that's not what I want anymore, right? So when your ex keeps calling, you have to have some sort of game plan. My game plan was developed in therapy, right? So it's interesting, actually. When I was 20, I was dating this guy and it was a really dumb relationship. We were together for way too long. I don't think either one of us really liked each other. I, like, I was just stuck in this relationship. It was one of the least like me things I've ever done. I wasn't being fair to him because I was like mentally, emotionally so out of it. And we were not making each other happy. We were not good for each other. I had settled immensely. He was not treating me well, like whatever, you name it. And I broke up with him like six or seven times. I'm not kidding. And every time he would come back and at the end of the day, it became easier to just stay with him than it was to finally leave. And one day I was like, I am done with this. I want nothing to do with this. I wrote myself a letter to not get back together with him because obviously I knew he was going to call again and keep hitting me up and show up in my house, whatever. And I wrote myself a letter like, Kenzie, you deserve so much more. You were not happy, whatever, fill in the blanks. That way I would not get back together with him because I wrote it in a way that was very stern, but also it was like my action plan of like, I'm not going back here. And that is kind of where I, how I feel emotionally not going back to these really unhealthy work habits that I developed and this unhealthy guilt that I had for no reason, because I... I am a hard worker. I have great work habits. I work very hard. I've achieved a lot. I'm in my eyes, very successful. Like I really love the career that I've built. There is no reason for me. And also it's not productive to continuously guilt myself for feeling like I'm not doing enough. And in a way I kind of kept going back. Like I would go back to my ex-boyfriend because it was easier and more comfortable for me to feel those ways or feel those things instead of like developing new habits and developing new ways of thinking 
to where I was able to finally get out of that really unhealthy habit. It just felt like my ex kept calling. My ex called last night, but not really. Like, this is the metaphor. And I was like, no, actually... I am fine. I don't need to be doing this right now. I am a person outside of this. I have achieved enough and this can wait for the morning. So when your ex calls or when the old feelings of who you used to be or things, unhealthy habits from like a past life of yours, if you will, come again, I think so much of it is self-talk, but also remind yourself of the facts and don't rely on your feelings. Your feelings are valid, but they're not always true. Another thing I read, I recently read Mallory Irvin's book And she talks about this and she said, you don't get a reward for making things harder for yourself. And just basically the concept of working smarter, not harder. And I was like, wait a second, that is very true. So I'm going to remind myself of that a lot. But anyways, if you feel like your ex is calling metaphorically, come up with an action plan, a game plan. Even when you're in a better place, write yourself a letter of what's actually true. I'm telling you, it has changed my life time and time again. I started it when I was originally not wanting to get back together with an ex-boyfriend that was really just toxic, but I use it for other things now. And now I will say it's really, really helped me come out on the other side of hustle culture and burnout and just feeling like I'm not enough because I am enough and I don't need to prove that in my work. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is one of my favorite sponsors. I am incredibly passionate about therapy and I love BetterHelp because they've made therapy both more affordable and two, a lot more accessible to a lot of people. Relationships take work, especially the most important one that you have in your life, which is your relationship with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? All right, I am preaching to the choir. Therapy is the number one way that I am willing to invest in to myself. I go every single week. I'm very open about that. I've gone on and off um, almost my entire life. I started in, I think, fifth grade. Um, And it's been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself, if not the best, honestly. So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. Again, I go to therapy every single Thursday at one. It is incredible. And it's one of my non-negotiables. It's incredibly important to keep into my routine. And it is an hour where I'm just really investing back into myself, filling up my own cup, if you will, so that I can pour and not pouring out of an empty cup. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. I know therapy can feel a little bit overwhelming when you start. So honestly, just starting with a phone session with no video, I mean, that's like incredible. It is much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and I love you so much with Kinsey Elizabeth listeners. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. That is betterhelp.com slash Kinsey, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Kinsey. All right, I'm going to answer some questions that I asked you guys on Instagram. The first one is five of your favorite things about yourself. So I actually did want to answer this because I think we have somehow confused like humility with hating ourselves or like not thinking that we're cool. And I think I actually am a very humble person, but I can also like myself. And I think I see this so often with girls 
specifically my age who cannot take compliments or cannot say a nice thing about themselves, which then ends up creating bigger problems when you think you're not worthy of the life that you want to live. And then you end up not creating the life you want to live, or you're not worthy of the career that you want to have. So you make yourself smaller by means of being in quotes, humble, but really that's not humility at all. Like I want to say, let's normalize speaking highly of ourselves in the way that we also speak highly of other people. I am the first to lay my life out on the line for those around me. But for whatever reason, I can be so hard on myself. I have the most unrealistic expectations of myself and I'll be so hard on myself as I have stated in this podcast already. But with my friends, I don't feel that way at all. So I want to start treating myself as a friend. And I think it's incredibly important to speak highly of yourself. So I'm going to do this exercise and say five things about myself that I like. And I want all of you to physically write down, not even in your notes app. I want you to get a journal out, get a piece of paper out and write down five things that you like about yourselves. Okay, let's start. I would say the first thing that comes to mind is my ability to make friends anywhere I go with literally anyone. Like I have a very like a diverse group of people that I know everywhere, not just where I live, not just in LA, in New York, in Nashville, like all over the place. I have so many people that I love. I'm able to make not only friends, but like genuine connections with people to where it's a real connection, a real friendship over just like some random networking thing. I'm not into that at all. I think this is actually like a kind of negative thing about myself. I feel, even though I don't think networking is a bad thing, I really hate clout chasing. And that is something that I can just never, I'm never going to be the person that like picks going to so-and-so's birthday because of who they are over like my friend from fifth grade. Like that's just not me, but I do have this ability to make friends anywhere I go and like really genuine connections. It's also very evident in this podcast, like 99% of the time when someone comes onto the show, we become friends after. And I really love that about myself. I really care about people. I care a lot about being a good friend and I prioritize people in my life, which I really care about a lot. Another thing I really love about myself is when I say I will do something, I do it. That goes from anything as small as lunch plans. If I make lunch plans with someone and I commit to something, people know that they can rely on me. To if I say I'm going to have a a successful podcast, that's what I do. If I say I'm going to start a clothing brand, that's what I do. Like if I if I say I'm going to do something, I fully follow through. I'm not someone who is all talk. I am. It's it's happening. Like consider it done. I love that I'm a very supportive person. I'm constantly looking for ways to like support friends and also to help them or benefit them or connect them with someone that would help them, things like that. I love that. Um, I also love that I have a really good relationship with my body. I don't know exactly where this comes from. Obviously, I have insecure days as do everyone else in the world, not just girls. But I do have a really good relationship with my body, which is something I don't take for granted. Also, I am incredibly curious and I'm always wanting to get better. That can kind of bite me in the ass sometimes. But overall, my curiosity has really like carried me through my career in ways and just like my life in general. I think you can see that in my daily routines, reading, podcasting, all that stuff. My career, just being curious has really helped me. And I'm just, it's not even in ways that like can get me somewhere. Like I'll have random interests, even like country music. Like I just, I love country music. I'm curious. I want to learn more. I want to learn about how it started. Like the greats, like things like that. I love that about myself. On that topic too, Dom actually asked, how you have so much going on 24 seven, but don't get burnt out. It's impressive sister. 
I will say a lot of this comes through my routines. Another thing too, I have anxiety. That is the pro of my anxiety is that I was kind of forced to develop really healthy habits and daily routines in which those have really helped me with my career and getting things done. I've also been working for a very long time. Now I have obviously like teams of people. I have editors. I have like people who run like the podcast Instagram, things like that. So obviously I'm very privileged in the sense that I've worked really hard to get to a place where I'm able to delegate. So not every single thing I do is me, but that's also part of running a business. You have to delegate in order to grow. And listen, I've gotten burnt out so many times, by the way, Dom didn't just ask this. A lot of people ask this. I have dealt with burnout before, but now I just know that I have to keep certain habits and routines in place and take care of myself in order to not get there. But also when people ask me this, the first thing I ask is like, what's your morning routine or what's your daily routine? Nine times out of 10, they wake up at like 10 or 11 and they don't have a morning routine. And I think that's like just normal. Like we all, it's not really like the natural thing that you want to do. But as far as like staying on top of things and keeping everything going, when I do have a fuck ton of stuff going on, it really is my daily routines, my habits, my self-discipline. You will never catch me unless I feel like I emotionally like need the day. You're not going to catch me like laying in bed until 10 a.m. and then saying, oh, I need to do this and do that. Like, no, if I want to accomplish and make, create this life that I want to live and this career that I want, like I have to work hard and I have to have discipline and I have to like make routines. So I would just say, I get questions about this all the time. Analyze your daily routine and what you were doing. Again, I know a lot of people also are working like traditional nine to fives. Like obviously I, I get that it's a different routine, but I will just say like analyze your routines first. Guys, we are all stars here. And after this ad read, I truly do believe that we will all be Macy's Star Rewards members. When you are a Macy's Star Rewards member, you'll earn rewards on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Macy's carries Martha Stewart collection, which is essentially all you need to know, but obviously Macy's is iconic. I feel like everyone grew up with Macy's. It really, it's like an American staple, I feel. So rake in the rewards and use them on new pieces. It'll bring a pop to your wardrobe, whether it's a grown-up twist on jelly sandals or a chic take on the classic white tee. Macy's has got the trends that are fresh as the new season. Also, if you guys are trying to like dabble in color right now, they have really cute color clothing. Remember when I used to wear only neutrals? I cannot believe that. I'm wearing bright green tomorrow and I'm with my pink suitcase to the airport. That is, that's me in 2022. So anyways, you want to be a Macy's Star Rewards member. Again, you'll earn rewards on every purchase except gift cards, services, and annual fees. Macy's also has like a wide range of things from home to clothing to shoes to bags to makeup. I mean, they sell everything. So really, it's a great deal. So you guys can head on over to Macy's.com slash star rewards. That is Macy's.com slash star rewards. Someone else asked, how do you deal with friend drama? I know my friends are talking about it, or about me behind my back and I don't feel comfortable with it, blah, blah, blah. I will say there is a certain level where we have all said something about our friends to another friend before. When you're annoyed, or you're just like, I need advice, what do I do? I don't think that that is like the end all be all. And I think that that is different than like talking shit about your friends and constantly doing it. There is a part of us that's been like, oh my God, this annoyed me or whatever. And that's that. And then you talk about how to deal with it, whatever. It's not great. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it is normal. But there is a difference between that and then also when your friends are like talking shit about you behind your back constantly. And I will say, I look back at my college days specifically 
And I just had friends that I knew they were talking so poorly about everyone else. And then all of a sudden they were best friends with those people. And I was like, listen, I know that I'm now being talked about and that's not okay. Like that is the point in which case when someone's talking so negatively about everyone around you, that's when it, that's bad. When you're going to a friend and you're like, hey, what do I do? I'm upset about this. That's different, okay? But I will say, those are not friends that you want to keep around. That's not a friendship you want to be in. Yes, it might help to talk and just be like, hey guys, I think it depends on the friendship and how much you actually care. But I would be careful with that. Definitely for sure. When I moved to Dallas and then I was back with like the greatest people ever and my friends here are incredible. I started really thinking about years past of friendships and just thinking like, oh my God, that was not a real friend. That was not a real friendship. That was not cool. And by the way, I have some amazing friends from college that I absolutely love and adore. And it wasn't just college. It's like my college age, but that is not normal. And those are not the friendships you want to be in. It's better to be lonely than to be miserable, surrounded by people who are like essentially holding you back from meeting the best people that you could in the future. Speaking of loneliness, I get a lot of questions on being single and people are saying, I know you love being single. I'm trying to love it or I do love it, but sometimes I get lonely. How do you deal with the loneliness? To be honest with you, I never feel lonely. And I don't know. I think it's a combination of a few things. One, I am surrounded by friends. I love my friends and I've really filled my life with a lot of beautiful, amazing friendships and friends that I do so many things with. So practically speaking, I'm with people often. The next thing is that I really love spending time alone. So I think I'm really happy and I love the life that I've built for myself. And I'm sure at some point, maybe I'll feel lonely, but that isn't something that I necessarily deal with. So in this situation, my advice for you would be to fill your life with things that fulfill you. So maybe for you, that's not friends. For me, that is. I have a lot of great friendships. I have family. And if you don't have those great friendships, make an effort to make those. But I don't know. I just think I don't feel lonely, but it's because I've created and built this life that I love, surrounded by people that I really love. And maybe I'll come back a year from now and be like, guys, I have all that, but like, I actually am really lonely. I'm just not there right now. But I would say fill your life with friends and family or just even like if you're more of an introvert and you just want to be home alone, like make your life, like romanticize your life. If you're home alone, instead of just like watching Netflix, like make it a whole ordeal, cook a meal, like make your apartment feel good, whatever that is, just romanticize your life and fill it with things that you love instead of just sitting there and thinking like a relationship will complete you because you're lonely kind of thing. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this little solo podcast episode of my ex wouldn't stop calling me Truly, my life is a cowgirl in Dallas and a breadwinning housewife. But hope you guys enjoyed. Let me know if you guys want more solo podcast episodes. I love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next Thursday. 